Welcome back to the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is John. My name's Taylor. Guys, check us out Facebook, Instagram. Uh, like us on there. Share us on there. Uh, subscribe to the show on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, whatever. Everything. Know, I don't know what it's called. Is it called Spotify Podcast? It's, it's just Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Um, check us out on everything. If uh, if you're if you're not um, supporting Apple and um, and Google, that's uh, that's great. And um, but you can still check us out on. Uh, on Podbean, we'll put the links in uh, on places. Um, guys, we're gonna uh, we're gonna touch on a couple things that we have kind of touched on before, but haven't really dedicated a show to. We're gonna be talking about um, uh, like you know the pros and cons to to different um, handguns, or really just like the difference between handguns, rifles, and uh, shotguns for self defense, home defense, self defense, uh, right? And then uh, well, I guess really home defense yeah. is really what we're gonna we're gonna focus on. And then we're gonna kind of roll into like am, you know different ammo, understanding the ammo, um, right. why one type of ammo might be better uh, than another type of ammo because a lot of people don't really know the difference, um, right? And it can get a little confusing. So Taylor knows a lot about this type of stuff. I wouldn't um, say a lot. Well, you you definitely do. I think you know a lot. Um, so I think um, well, mainly this there's old, a lot of a lot of knowledge that you could share. Yeah, this all stemmed from um, a buddy of mine who recently built an AR-15, and he was asking me about, hey, what's this? What's this? What's this type of ammo? Does this exist? What's this? And I'm like, I was kind of explaining things to him. I'm like, you know what? Like, there's plenty of resources out there to kind of decipher what's on the side of a box of ammunition. You know, bullet weight, velocity, caliber, etc. But you know, I feel like just in kind of layman's terms, like just getting it broken down is something that I think we could do a pretty decent job at so um you know for example you go you go to the gun shop and you say to the guy hey you know i really want a firearm for home defense more often than not he's going to tell you okay here's a shotgun right right and then um during this crazy pandemic gun buying ammunition shortage the only thing they have available is you see a box of target loads field loads and you look it's like well it's 12 gauge you know it should work mm -hmm. right now yeah it, it can work but you know, a while ago, a bunch of episodes ago, uh, ago when I was talking about building an AR-15, you, you kind of have to have a purpose in mind for what you want that gun to do. If you have a purpose in mind when you're getting a firearm, building a firearm, choosing your ammunition, it's going to perform the best, that the, the way you expect it to, right? So, especially for shotguns, you know, pump action versus semi-auto, um, you know, obviously a pump action is the most reliable form of shotgun, let alone other than a break action, you know, the single shot break action or a double barrel. I mean, those are obviously the most reliable. Yeah, but I think like a pump action shotgun would be on par with like a revolver. Yeah. You know, as far as reliability. You know, right. No, right. There's, there's pretty much nothing more reliable than a fucking revolver. Right. You manually cycling right. the action is right. you're going to ensure that the next round is going to be chambered or right. cycled um, unless there's a jam or something. Rather than, you know pulling the trigger you hear click and then you got to tap bracket right you got to inspect just, okay right, what's going on pull the, the short again. stroke is right. the gas system not working is the inertia system not working right maybe the ammunition for that particular gun doesn't want to cycle for some reason and that happens in multiple different semi-automatic firearms so let's just say for the sake of simplicity you get a pump action shotgun right guy behind the counter says well all we have is these target loads the 12 gauge and honestly if you shoot somebody with it it'll fuck them up for lack of a better word. Okay. okay. You take that and you're like, all right, well, you know, that's good enough. But you don't realize that, okay, when you look at the box, it's all these different numbers and shot sizes and whatever. Um, so kind of just getting into this um, a little bit with shotgun ammo. So shotguns have, uh, they're not really calibers or gauges. The gauge is derived from the diameter of the, the barrel, the bore. If you take a, a round ball of lead and 
have it be the same diameter as that barrel. Whatever a pound of that is, like, okay, I'm, I'm explaining that badly. Let me start that over. Well, how about this, Taylor? Let's, what what do you think, like, the pros and cons are before we get into, like, the ammo sizes and all, you know, the all that oh, stuff? Okay. What do you think the pros and cons are of, like, because I know a lot of people, a lot of people might say, oh, like, I don't want a fucking shotgun. You know, I want an AR. Right. A, a short-barreled AR or, like, you know, something like that is going to be, like, my defense with the, with the light. It's going to yeah. be tactical. I can clear my house with it. You know, what What are some of the pros and cons between, you know, a rifle of any type, um, you know, maybe a handgun, like, mm-hmm. I prefer handgun. Right. Um, and then, you know, a shotgun. Right. So, like, what's, what's let me ask you this. Like, let's just go down, like, okay, you know, pistol. What do you think is the the pros and cons to to a, to a handgun? Uh, the handgun, the pro, the best pro to a handgun is its size, concealability, mm-hmm. yeah. its maneuverability. Right. Yeah, you can operate it with literally one, one hand. hand. Yeah. So you can manipulate doors. You can manipulate other things right. more easily with a handgun, and also you could keep it closer to you. Correct. So that way, somebody cannot. Yeah. It's harder for somebody to take that from yeah. you. And and I. It's operable at a cl- at when it's close to you as well. Right. You know, there's different stances you could be in where you could be at like high ready right. and you could still pull that trigger and be actually effective with it. You know, you could be effective right. shooting from the hip as well. Like I know when I went through my training, we had to shoot from the hip at very close Old range. School. And, and um, you know, it's, it's amazing how accurate you could be at a, at a close range mm-hmm. just shooting from the hip, you know, as if right. someone you, you're walking and, you know, your gun is holstered, let's just say, you know, for, for, for law enforcement, but your, your gun is holstered and, you know, someone jumps out at you. It's very, you could be very accurate just pulling your gun out and shooting from the hip. Right. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's definitely, it's, um, the maneuverability is, is there hundred percent. Um, you know, we train with like, you know, slicing the pie, they call it with like, you know, uh, clearing buildings and, you know, uh, like checking around corners and stuff. Very, very, very easy to do with a handgun. Yes. Um, so I definitely agree with you on there. That, that's, that's kind of why it's my preferred. You also in tight spaces, it's going to be a lot easier to yes. handle. Um, so now, uh, shotguns. What do you think about shotguns? I, for me personally, because I don't have a handgun permit, I don't own handguns. The shotgun is my preferred weapon mm-hmm. of choice for okay. home defense. Um, reason being is because of distances inside my home, uh, worrying about overpenetration, worrying about um, my neighbors, because I have a lot of large windows. And if I'm shooting somebody, the way my particular house is, if I exit my bedroom, there's a long hallway. At the end of the hallway, there's a big, like a a living room and then there's a big window and then right across the street is a house yeah so my fear is that if i shoot somebody in my hallway which is my most common place to encounter somebody in my home if i, think I that's true right? if i wake right. up and i get out and i look down the hallway there's somebody that, that that's where they're going to be like right. they're not going to be you know i'm not going to give the, all the details of my house but that's where they'll if they come in they can either go one of two places and that's one of them yeah i think so, that's just knowing the layout of your house yeah. i think that's probably the most likely right. place you'll encounter so, somebody you know, if I then shoot down that hall, and let's just say I miss, which in a, an adrenaline-fueled situation is a very sure. strong possibility, mm-hmm. you know, and that round goes through that large window across the street and then into my neighbor's house, I'm liable for whatever happens. Now, this gets into um, what I was talking about specifically with, like, shotguns, ammunition types. Um you know, a 12-gauge is probably the most common. You're going to come across 16-gauge, uh, 20-gauge, 28-gauge. 410s are also popular. 10-gauges aren't so much popular, and then from there it gets really obscure and whatever. Um, what I was saying earlier about, I was kind of having a hard time explaining about just really quick, um, the diameter of the barrel on your on your shotgun, let's just say 12-gauge. If you make 12 round balls, 
that equals a pound of lead. Mm-hmm. So that's where the 12 gauge comes from. Same yep. thing with a 20 gauge. If you make 20 round balls, the diameter of that barrel, it'll equal a pound of lead. Right. So that's where they get the nomenclature from. I, I, I kind of had to formulate my words a little bit earlier. Yeah. But um, so for me personally, I choose... Um, some people say, oh, birdshot is the best for home defense because it'll pepper them and it won't over penetrate. That is technically true. And depending on the distance that you have in your home... You want the, the the shot might not have enough time to disperse out, and you'll still have a pretty solid yeah. um, core of lead yeah. with the wad attached well, to it. I've heard people say that their goal at the end of the day isn't really necessarily to kill the person, but like injure them to the point where they are gonna want to leave. Or See, that's incapacitated. my my problem and, with that is is that person, especially in New York, then come around and sue yeah. you civilly. Correct. They can. And yeah. If you if you have to shoot somebody, like you're not just gonna shoot somebody. Because they're in your home. That is honestly, in my opinion, the last resort thing. If that person, yeah. if I you mean, say... And New York State doesn't want you to do that. Right. So just be, the mere someone being in your home is not enough. I've spoken you know? in the past about like my kind of home defense, like I, when, when Lisa was on, I believe, about my home defense strategy, how I say, okay, this is what we're going to do. You get the phone. I get the gun. Do this, do that, whatever. Um, you know, in my opinion, you have to... It, it shouldn't be the first resort to shoot somebody and then say, oh, well, he was, you know about to leave you know you you have to verbalize yeah well here's the thing you don't want to be caught uh shooting somebody in the back well <laughs> yeah that's exactly exactly so you know me i'm going to give myself all the chances i can to avoid having to kill someone that's just my personal opinion i don't want to kill anybody i'm not um, you know i'm not out to kill somebody so um you know you give yourself all the chances you can say you know verbalize i have a firearm leave now the police are on their way don't come any closer. I will shoot. You know, you have to verbalize these things. You yeah. have to, and obviously in an adrenaline fueled situation, it might not come out the way you want to. Mm-hmm. But and then last resort, you use that firearm. Yeah, um, we so, have a, we have a duty to retreat. Yes, in know, New York. Yeah, which some people and, might find ridiculous, and in some in some states they don't have to worry about right. that. You go on, you, you're in someone's house. It's fair game. Yeah, but in New York but State, that uh, won't protect you civilly most times too. Depending, because um, in a civil court, you still might true. have to pay damages and medical bills or whatever. It you, doesn't you, totally you exonerate you. No, I mean, I, you know, I don't know the laws in the other states. Yeah. But, um, you know, the the, the the level that they have to prove, like, you know, in, in, in um, criminal court, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. In right. civil court, it's a lot less. Yes. So for them to say, like, in, in criminal court, oh, well, the, you know, it was, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt the guy was in there. And so right. due to the letter of the law, they were able to shoot under the, you know, under... Um, civil law, they could say, "Oh, well, you know, like he was retreating at the time, but he, right. you know, he didn't, didn't take get a anything, chance. right? Yeah. You, you know, they so got to pull be careful. that whole card." But I mean, people have insurance for stuff like that too. They do, but most people don't. I don't. I mean, I mean not in this state. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> carry insurance is a real thing. Yeah, that it's across right, the country. Right. So with the shotgun, my preferred load is buckshot, but okay. that's a very broad right. statement. So. Before we get into ammos, I yeah. know you, you want to get into ammos so bad. Well, I mean, it's a very important topic. <laughs> I know, I know, it, but let's talk about the pros and cons of like a rifle now. Okay, all right. Because we're gonna we're gonna cover all those ra- all, all those right. types of ammunition. So, like, I know a lot. Like I said, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like like our mutual buddy who you know he got that technically for did he do what what was his purpose on building the ar was it um, home defense long range or? no like long range target oh, target kind of okay, cool. more pre- cool. precision work yeah. but. Um, you know, in any application, a firearm can be used in sure. in any way. Well, I know people who you know have uh, rifles. Right. And they, like you know, they use them. As, well, you as know, a rifle is, is is a very broad term. So, for example, sure, um, well, yeah, you're thinking AR, but also right. remember that there's pistol caliber rifles too. Mm-hmm. So, 
which actually pistol caliber rifles sometimes perform better than pistols ballistically because of the longer barrel that they're able to generate higher velocities with a certain round, uh, better penetration, but then you lo you lose that mobility, concealability, whatever. Um, so rifles, um, you know, for example, a lot of people nowadays are buying AR-15s. AR-15s are an excellent weapon for defense. Home defense is kind of really situationally dependent upon the person because in my home, I wouldn't want an AR-15 because, like I said, I have very large windows. I have neighbors close by. I'm afraid that even um, you know a 62 grain bullet will overpenetrate, go through a large window, end up in the neighbor's house. That's not something I want. Um, so, but depending on your house, how much land you have, for example, because honestly, like a rifle, you you do see it a lot in um, media and on the news. You know, people carrying rifles in protests and everything, and you know that's that's fine. And um, but you're also in a different environment outside. If I had to defend my home outside of my home, if that ever had to happen, I'd grab a rifle. Inside my home, it would be a shotgun. Very two very different scenarios. Um, and even then, you know, the type of rifle you pick. Okay, are you going to go with an AR-15 pistol caliber? Are you going to go with a 30 caliber like an AK or an SKS? Um, you know, that's really situationally dependent. But the pros of a rifle are they're easy to handle. You have more grip on the weapon. It's easier to aim. That's why, for example, in like World War II. The uh, U.S. servicemen were given M1 carbines who were like rear echelon troops instead of a pistol because it's easier to shoot and aim a rifle. More people, it's it's just more natural to people than a handgun. The ammunition was smaller, lighter. You could carry more of it as opposed to a 45. You know, it. Well, I mean, it's 30, 30 carbines longer, but it's a smaller caliber, so to speak. It's easier. It's more manageable. So historically, rifles have been utilized for different roles depending on their caliber and their bullet type, often more so than handguns. Now with the modern evolution of semi-automatic handguns and, you know, the the basically perfection of them, I mean, they're, they're really perfect. It's really hard to get like a shitty new handgun nowadays. They're really, really reliable. Mm. I mean, very often you'll hear like, oh, this one gun didn't work or there was a recall. Okay, but the, the high point. Yeah. Well, the, dude, the high point. You seen the torture test videos on those things? <laughs> They're fucking amazing. They're two hundred some dollars. If you have two hundred dollars and you can get a handgun, and that's the only two hundred dollars you have, get a fucking high point. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. They're well, fucking... something's better than nothing. Yes, but exactly. Um, they but... are. They're still ugly as hell. So, for example, so for <laughs> an, an AR, let's just say an AR and a rifle inside your home. I mean, the concussion's going to be fucking loud as shit. A shotgun will be too, but rifle, you know, breaking the sound barrier, the bu the, the bullet breaking the sound barrier. It's going to be very concussive. It's going to be very overwhelming to people who might not have ever shot a, a rifle indoors. I mean, and then you have to worry about overpenetration. You have to worry about um, the barrier penetration. Like, you know, these are all things you have to consider. I mean, for me, any type of long arm, whether it's a rifle or a shotgun, in my opinion, because I, like I said, I don't have handguns. I don't have a handgun permit. I, I'm better with. So um, defense outside the home, definitely take a rifle. Defense inside the home for me, definitely have a uh, shotgun. Talk to me about um, ammunition types now. So, so let's, let's. So we started with uh, pistol. We'll oh start yeah, with, pistol. with pistol. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit. Uh, well, this uh, is going to be one thing. I, there's a lot of different pistol rounds. Oh yeah, and like weird shit too. Oh yeah. Like I've I've seen you know pistol rounds where like you know the pieces of the the actual bullet like fragment off yeah. and fucking yeah like crazy shit. So. 
touch a little bit on that. We have, you know, ball ammo, yeah. hollow points. Yeah, generally with a handgun, um, you're going to have like a ball round, which is a solid nose, usually a, like a, uh, a solid or a bimetal jacket, like a copper jacketed bullet. Um, you have hollow points, which basically they have a hollow point. And, you know, it's something that the media likes to sensationalize. Oh, you had hollow point bullets on them. All it is is it's just a cavity in the front of the bullet, so that way when it impacts something, the air pocket expands out. Yeah. It, it kind of mushrooms out or you know mm-hmm. uh, balloons out the bullet, causing a larger wound cavity. Yeah. Well, what a lot of people, I don't, uh, a lot of people probably do know this, but in New Jersey, hollow points are illegal. Yes. And I believe they're even illegal for for law enforcement. I have no idea about that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I remember reading um, that. Uh, Basically, the police department put out a, a press release basically saying, like, look, like, if you're because the, um, um, you know, the officers in the NYPD, they carry hollow point ammunition. Right. Um, so I remember seeing that the NYPD put out like a press release saying, like, hey, look, if you are a, if you're a police officer here and you're traveling into New Jersey, you need to be careful that you don't carry oh, or shit. you know that you have your hollow points because yeah, and that's that's their standardized duty ammunition. So they, they have to carry. It. Right. They, they would have been subject subject to arrest but, but wow. then new jersey came out and said they carved out an exception okay look here's the exception for law enforcement but yeah i'm pretty sure law enforcement for a while couldn't even carry it that's and like I'm what happened sure in they, the, i could double check but that's what happened like in the new york safe act when they made the 10 round magazine exemption they did uh they didn't make an exemption for law enforcement so for like a week or or whatever it was like law enforcement was technically in violation of state law for carrying a, a regular capacity magazine um, but yeah, hollow points, um, basically they just expand upon impact. They create, um, a, the bullet basically grows in diameter and that also helps decelerate the bullet once it impacts something, slows the bullet down, distributes its mass. Oftentimes it also fragments too, which is a big thing. You want something to decelerate, to basically hit something, decelerate, break apart and not over penetrate because you want it to end up in that vital area on, here's, a, on a person here's a little thing i found um i'm not sure if this is 100 percent up to date i believe it is because in new jersey it is also illegal to possess hollow nose or hollow point bullets unless you are engaged in one of the activities that are considered quote exceptions these include hunting drive-bys hunting <laughs> yeah hunting fishing and target shooting you may also possess hollow uh, hollow nose hollow nose or hollow point bullets on personal property or while traveling to the point of purchase for a hollow point possession of the hollow point bullets is considered a fourth degree crime. So basically you can't carry them for self-defense on okay. the street is what it is. What this right is seeming like, which is ridiculous. Yeah. You can, have you can do it for property. everything else. Yeah. Like what the fuck's the but point? It's just, then? it's just crazy. So like that's just media. And I, and I don't think, yeah. And I don't think that they, they carved out. I remember seeing they didn't carve out anything for like law enforcement that are, that are New Jersey law enforcement officers. So like, oh, wow. they can't carry like hollow points. It's it's wow. just weird to me because it's just such a better option for right. stoppage. And, right. You know. So handgun rounds are hollow points, but also certain rifle rounds are hollow points as well. You also have soft point ammunition, which basically they take a hollow point and they put in a little bit of lead or a bimetal, like an alloy in the nose of it. And that increases the bullet weight. And then it also helps mushroom out the bullet upon impact as well. Soft points are a very big uh, hunting thing. Um, generally the heavier the bullet, the slower moving it's going to be depending on the, um, the, the cartridge size. So for example, a 45, uh, ACP is going to be moving slower than a nine millimeter. Um, I think also inherently 45 ACP is subsonic as well, but, um, so the whole myth of, let's just say like stopping power with a 45 
you know, with modern ballistics and modern uh, manufactured nine millimeter hollow points, I mean, really they outperform a lot of other kinds of handgun rounds. The nice thing about nine millimeters is too, you can have a rifle chambered for nine millimeter. Um, you could use, if your rifle likes it, so to speak, you could use hollow points in that rifle. Um, and it's a very effective self-defense weapon. So for if, let's just say you wanted a rifle for your home defense and you wanted to use it inside your house, I would say definitely maybe consider a pistol caliber rifle or a smaller um, or a less powerful round than 5.56. They make rifles in any different kinds of calibers, obviously, you can think of, but 9mm, even 9mm AR PCCs, pistol caliber carbines, are a very popular option. The Ruger PC9, different AR9 variants that you could build yourself or whatever. Um, If you want that same ballistic, um, the goodness that a ballistic 9mm hollow point provides. I know, I'm I'm a little jumbled this morning. Um, But so yeah, for a rifle, um, that's what I would definitely recommend given your... Oh, no, we're talking about handguns. Sorry, I jumped back and forth. <laughs> what do you think like your overall like best pick for home defense would be for a, for a pistol round? Like for me, it's probably going to just be like a hollow point. I would uh, say nine, hollow point 9mm. Nine nine millimeter, millimeter, yeah. Hollow point 9mm. Um also 40 caliber. I mean, don't don't limit yourself to just 9mm, for example. No, but um any smaller caliber like 45 and under, obviously you don't want to use like a 50 AE or mm-hmm. 50 Beowulf mm-hmm. whatever. Generally like your more common calibers, 45s, 9s, 40s, right. 38s even. Anything less right. than that, a 32, a 25, you're really getting into what's the fucking point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think... Um, um, I would definitely say hollow points. Right. If, you're, if you can find it, number one, and if your gun can reliably feed yeah. it. For me, the hollow points are definitely going to be the option in 9mm. Right. Um, the stopping power of the of the, of the uh, uh, hollow point is is, is great. Um, right. And the fact that it, you know, it does split apart and, and pretty much get stuck in somebody is going to kind of ensure, depending on where you shoot the person, that it's going to get stuck in the person. Right. And not That's go what through. you want. Right. Well, so you're not going to have any over penetration. It's not going to. And even if it does go through them, it's probably not going to go through, no. you know, it's a, not gonna... an, an exterior wall and end right. up in another person's, you know, house. Right. Um, you know, so definitely I, I that's what I would recommend. And yeah. that's and that's why uh, a lot of law enforcement, um, especially in big cities, use um uh, hollow points in nine yeah. millimeter because they don't have to be concerned. I mean, there's a lot of people in a small place. It's about the population density is very high, so right. they don't have to be cons- as concerned with it's going to hit somebody, it's going to go through and kill somebody else. So that's right. that's why I I would choose the nine millimeter uh, hollow point. Right, definitely. I would I would agree with that for inside the home defense. Yeah, for, for distances, sure. you know, twenty yards and in. Um, sure, but I, know, I don't think like a I don't think a handgun is really a, an appropriate application for anything that much further. Than well, that. that's what I'm saying. Right. So, so we're, you can you know. even have it, like I said, in a rifle format too. If you feel that yeah, your yeah. situation calls for, you know what, I really love the performance of a nine millimeter, but I don't have a handgun. I maybe don't want a handgun. Mm-hmm. I want a rifle. I shoot better with a rifle. Yeah, that's an option you could have too. You yeah, don't have sure. to get the tactical AR with the flashlight and the the IR laser and the nods. You don't need that, all that shit, man. Like I have, I have a Glock with night sights, right? And that's all I need. And although I will you know, say I, though, definitely on a home defense weapon, have a flashlight. I was about to say I have a flashlight. Yeah, have a flashlight. <laughs> just about to say, so you could see what the right, fuck you're shooting at. Right, right. Um, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So for the handgun, we're gonna wrap that section up. Right. Definitely. Um. For home defense, self defense, hollow points. Yeah. Definitely the way to go. Yeah. Also, and, think about, like I right. said, the type of firearm, if it's semi-automatic, a lever action. You know, find what suits best for you, but think about what what the end result will be. Okay. If you have to pull that trigger, what do you want to happen? So now, 
with uh, in regards to like rifles, ARs, you know, things like that. Right. What 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 would do you think your like overall pick for like an ammunition would be? Um, you know, if 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 all you had was an AR fifteen, right? So let's just say an AR or even um, you know, even like a, an AK because AKs. I love AKs, sure. but you can get hollow points in AK in mm-hmm. 762 by 39. You could get soft points. The same thing in ARs. Generally, the AR ammunition market is going to be a lot wider than, let's just say, the um, the AK-47. I'm just going to call it the AK market, the sure. 762 by 39, but it mm-hmm. also applies to the SKS, Mini 30, you know, other 30 caliber um, comblock chambered weapons. Um, the ammunition availability for the AR-15 will be greater. Um, it's a smaller, lighter round, generally faster moving than the ak um, around 7.62 by 39. Um, you could get hollow points, you could get soft points, and then there's also the the fact that the military has done extensive testing on 55 grain, 62 grain uh, ammunition. Um, honestly, for me, my home, de- if I had to defend... For, sorry to interrupt. For those who don't know the difference between grains... Oh, yeah, so that's... Let me, let me explain that. Basically, when you see a box of ammunition, it says, like, for example, on an AR... Um, AR-15, uh, 223 round or 556 round. Right. It'll say 55 grain. That's generally your most common, you know, Lake City manufactured. Basically, a grain is the weight of the bullet itself, the weight of the projectile, not the overall case, but the weight of the actual projectile. Mm. So, for example, a heavier bullet is better for certain things than a lighter bullet, but you, you do have some pros and cons to each. A lighter bullet will generally move faster than a heavier bullet, depending on the powder charge behind it. Also, um, in the case of 62 grain, uh, the SS-109 round, what they call green tip, you know, that actually has a mild steel core. And some people call it light armor penetrating. I mean, yes, technically it's supposed to penetrate a steel helmet at a certain yardage. That's what it was originally designed to do. But um, when you have that specific round, sometimes the, the mild steel core in the middle isn't concentric to the round. So oftentimes what happens is in flight, it might tumble or keyhole, which when it hits somebody, isn't necessarily a bad thing because it causes some more devastation. Um, and it has better barrier penetration than a lighter round, like 55 grain. Also, when you get into like the, the higher, uh, bullet weights, like 77 grain, that's more your match premium hunting ammo. Cause you can carry more energy with that projectile. You can, um, shape it differently so it's more aerodynamic um, but also your gun has to be able to stabilize those bullets so the heavier the bullet you're going to need a different twist rate in your barrel than with a lighter grain bullet the original 55 grain ammunition that was developed for the M16 back in the day they had a 1 in 14 or a 1 in 12 twist that's a slower twist rate than a 1 in 8 1 in 9 which basically one revolution per every 8 inches of the barrel one revolution per every 12 inches of the barrel so, so what what grain do you think is good for rifle rounds? Honestly, I would say because I know for like um, I use 115 grain in your nine millimeter. Correct. Right. That's, that's and that's what that's what was deemed was appropriate for my job, and that's right. what we're issued. So that's ten, like when I when I buy ammo to practice, I'll buy that. So it's something you know, right. it's similar. But that's so that's what I use. Yeah. Honestly, I would say for an AR-15, right? Um, really, it doesn't necessarily matter the brand um you can get i would recommend just your regular 55 grain mm-hmm. ss uh not ss uh, m um the the military standard um i forget the designation off the top of my head jesus christ <laughs> um um military standard 55 grain uh bullet because it's the most commonly available thing you're going to find it doesn't well nowadays but it doesn't cost a crap load of money and enough people are making them to where you could try different brands to see 
if your particular gun likes it or not. Some people, for example, Wolf Gold is made in Taiwan. That's a regular 55 grain, um, you know, 223 round, but it has similar characteristics to a 556. Same thing IMI in Israel makes it, Lake City makes it. I mean, Remington, everyone makes a 55 grain. So you have a, a different plethora of choices to choose. Um, that, I mean, that's the most standard. If I had to then choose something different, the 62 grain. I mean, yes, the military does use it. Um, but like I said, long range, it's not going to have the best accuracy that a 55 grain will be because the 62 grain projectile, the SS-109, isn't inherently designed for accuracy. It's designed for barrier penetration, light armor, quote-unquote penetration. So anything within reasonable distance that you're going to shoot somebody at, like less than 100 yards, definitely go with either 55 grain or 62 grain. I mean, that's that's fine. If you have to shoot somebody further out than 100 yards, you're not def- Defending, you're <laughs> you're probably attacking <laughs> unless you're fighting off zombies. At, yeah, at range. but and this is why it gets down to purpose. I mean, yeah, like I, mean, I said, the closer somebody is to you, the bigger a threat they are. So that's why with a handgun yeah. round, you're going to shoot somebody that's closer to you. You need that ammunition to perform better than let's just say a rifle yeah. round that is somebody is a hundred yards or less out. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely this a subsection of people that are going to be preparing for every type of possible yes. combat situation we're kind of just focused on like you know home defense you know we're not we're not talking about like prepping you know what's the best you know if you have to go on the hunt to, to you know or set up a compound yeah. and defend from range like now we're just talking about oh, that 55 grain i just i just looked it up quick m193 i don't know why i couldn't yeah. fucking remember that that's a military um, designation for it so now um Oh, but just wrapping up, so for the rifle, for example. Sure. Um, so that's like with the AR, but with the AK, if you have an AK for home defense or a thirty caliber, like a Mini 30, honestly, anything you can fucking find. Because <laughs> yeah. in, unfortunately in America, we don't have many premium 762 by 39 choices. So honestly, you're going to have the Russian import stuff or the, the Comblock import stuff. If you could find it, the Chinese 762 by 39 is probably the best. And then the Yugo would probably be a second because um, it's brass cased, but the you know, it's corrosively primed, whatever. But um, honestly, the Chinese stuff, the mild steel core is probably the best for kind of like up close kind of work, I would say. Um, if you have to shoot somebody over 100 yards out with an AK, just why? Why are you doing that? Like, what's the what do you what right. is your situation? Right. So anything, honestly, if you have a mini 30 AK, SKS, just honestly, anything you could feed it because they're not inherently the most accurate firearms. You could be accurate with them. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, that's going to be more for up close kind of urban sure. type setting. If you're looking with an AR, which is more inherently accurate, the ammunition is made better. I would say better quality control in the ammunition, really anything 55 grain, 62 grain, anything you could get on the shelves, because let's just say, for example, John, you have ultra premium carry ammunition in your firearm, right? Right. right. You sight in your firearm right. for that, but you can't get that ammunition anymore. Right. So what do you do? Right. That you have to buy, let's just say, full metal jacket, ball ammunition, mm-hmm. go to the range, recite in your gun. You might not shoot the same with that different type of ammunition. Right. The gun might not shoot the same. You have to right. adjust right. the sights. So that's why it's very important. Like with my with my firearms, I shoot the stuff that I can buy most commonly available. And sure. maybe that's me being cheap or whatever, but not cheap. But my target my target AR that we I brought in a few episodes ago, I shoot fifty five grain. Federal, you know, M193 through that. The most common stuff you can get because I don't want to set it up for some exotic load and then not be able to get that. And then the gun, I don't know where I'm going to be shooting, point of aim, point of impact, whatever, shift. Right. So that's also something to take into consideration too. Sure. Now, sliding over to um, shotguns. There's a, there's a lot of different variables with shotgun ammunition. 
Um, and I and this is kind of the shotgun is probably the most common self defense uh, home defense firearm. Yes, and, uh, home defense firearm. And because um, I would I would say that probably a handgun yeah. self defense is probably the the highest. But um, so as far as home defense is concerned, it's probably going to be a shotgun. Uh, we've told the story that even like you know during uh, Hurricane Sandy, uh, Sandy. Um, you know, after everything happened, we, you know, me and my dad were basically sleeping in our home, which was like destroyed, basically, um, the the basement of it. Yeah, yeah Taylor's over here laughing. No, uh, my house was fucked too. Terrible, I just remember the shit I was giving you. You're That's a terrible all. human being. I know. So we, um, yeah, I'm really nice to this guy. Yeah. He's like a terrible person, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, you know, we Next were time. we were pretty much guarding our house with with shotguns. Yeah. Um. So let's kind of touch on. There's a lot to talk about with shotgun. Yeah, there is. There's there's different gauges. There's different types of ammo. There's a lot of different. There's different. You know. Right. There's birdshot. There's buckshot. There's um, slugs. there's slugs. There's a lot of different shit going right. on. So let's let's kind of dive into. Let's just talk about like the differences. Right. So um, you go and buy a shotgun. Right. Me being a, a six foot, you know, reasonably sized person can handle a twelve gauge. Sure. Uh, let's just say a more petite person, a smaller person. I don't want to necessarily say a woman, but mm-hmm. a smaller frame person might a twelve gauge might be too much. Right. You could get a you could get a smaller gauge shotgun like a six or sixteen gauge, twenty gauge. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty gauge is very popular. They make a lot of really good self defense rounds for twenty. I've actually shot twenty gauge shotguns. Yeah, it's and very I, I comfortable. Prefer, I prefer them. It's They're very comfortable. Very 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 nice to shoot. Yes, very comfortable. So figure out what would work best for you. I mean, you might have to maybe see, hey, does anyone you know have a 12-gauge I could come with you and shoot or a 20-gauge? Or when you go to the store, you know, see see how it feels. For a smaller person, they also made youth stocks, you know, for shotguns that'll fit a smaller person better. Mm-hmm. So once you figure out what kind of shotgun you want to get, the, the, the size, so to speak, the gauge, um, next you have to look at the ammo. Like I said, depending on the distances, any type of ammo in a shotgun, which, John, we were talking about before, is better than nothing. Right, that's what I think, because the, the, a big talking point is, oh, well, you know, you don't want to have... A lot of people say, like, oh, don't use uh, don't use birdshot, because, you know, it's not going to have the stopping power, or it's not going to be right. able to... You're not going to take somebody down with it. At the end of the day, in, like, this situation, if you're just worried about protecting your family, I think having birdshot is better than having no shot. It is, I, 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 but... I, it is. It, my it, issue just, with it, that it, is, depending on the distance you're shooting. Sure, but, so but if you still, think about, man, it's... No, I know. But like, he, think about it. Is having shitty food better than having no food? No, yeah, of course. it is. So, of you, course. you have to have something. But right. I don't think that it's the type of thing you should, in a situation where you have choice, right. that shouldn't be the option you go with. Right. So in today's ammo and gun buying pandemic and shortage, um, think of it, John, as a, like a sliding scale. On the left side here, you have birdshot. And on the right side here, you have slugs. Right. You have everything in between. Yeah. Technically, let's just say the slug, the amount of actual metal and lead in the shell is the same. The actual weight. Let's just say it's like one and a, one and a quarter ounces or one and an eighth ounces. But the thing is, you're going to have very different amounts of carrying energy depending on what those projectiles are. A slug will have the most carrying energy because of its mass, its solid mass to go through objects, people, barriers, whatever. That's on like the far right side here. On the left side, you have birdshot. Birdshot, a ton of really, really small pellets, smaller than BBs sometimes, that when they hit something, they immediately they lose a lot of momentum very quickly because they don't have a lot of mass. So when you're shooting at a bird, you have to kind of cover a larger area, right. and that small BB to a bird will be a lot more devastating. Yeah, people will call, will uh, uh, 
associate like birdshot with like peppering right. somebody. They, that's what they call it, peppering. Because when it if, hits, it doesn't penetrate. It just kind of sticks on the surface well, or goes if, in a little bit. Well, if you if you kind of imagine like putting ground pepper on something, yeah. it's like a, all these little tiny black holes right. or, like, or black specks. That's kind of the effect you're going to get. It loses its mass very quickly. It's going to spread apart and it's going to, you know, it's not right. going to do a lot of damage. No. Necessarily. So that's on each end, like on the low on the low power end and let's just say on the high power end. In the middle, you have different size shot. You have buckshot. Now there's different kinds of buckshot. Um, you have anything like from a standard would be like a number four, like a smaller which I'm looking at a, a reference picture here. It says it's 0.24 inches in diameter. The number four shot is 0.24 inches in diameter. And then on the extreme end, you have triple-lot, double-lot buck, which are 36 inches, uh, 0.36 inches and 0.33 inches, respectively, for each ball. So let's just say double-lot buck. It's a common load. 0.33 inches for each ball that's in there. And then sometimes on the box, it'll say, you know, five pellet, nine pellet, double-lot buck. Or it'll give the weight of the total amount of shot that's in there. So the bigger your projectiles coming out of there, whether they're multiple or just one, the more carrying energy, the more mass they're going to retain and dump into that target that you're shooting at. So if you live in, let's just say you want a shotgun and you live in a condo or an apartment, if you choose a smaller buckshot size, it's not going to penetrate. It's not going to have that carrying energy to penetrate more than it needs to. So if you hit a person, it'll still go into the person, but the other balls might only go into the wall and not through it. Right. Versus a slug, where if you miss with a slug, it's going to go through two sections of walls and then possibly injure or damage something else. Yeah, I think that going with what you what you said first is probably the best option for most people. When you're shooting in in a in a house situation, you don't want to, things to go through your wall and kill like your family members. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's just something to think about. You know, right. we all, we have to be aware of where we're pointing our firearm. Right. You know, and it's very easy. In a situation to forget because you have tunnel vision. Yeah. We're not in these situations every day. Even people who are trained to deal with these situations end up getting uh, tunnel vision. Oh, yeah. 100%. So to pre, you know, to load your firearm with something that you know you don't have to worry about as much is a much better option for you. Right. And also the distance with a shotgun. So distance is very important. Up close, let's just say 10 feet or less. The, the ballistic performance of birdshot and even, let's just say, number four buckshot might be very similar because the mass is still retained. It, like, everything's still close together, even in the wad, probably. But as soon as those pellets hit a person, the smaller, let's just say, birdshot BBs, they're going to lose a lot of their energy more quickly than a larger uh, pro than larger projectile, larger buckshot, let's just say. So that's why when you're choosing an ammunition, you also have to take into consider the length of the cartridge. So for shotguns, I'm just going to go with the most common, you know, 12 inch, two and three quarter, three inch rounds. There's, there's three and a half inch Magnum rounds too, but not all firearms are chambered for three and a half inches. You have to look at your specific firearm and see what it's chambered for. Honestly, the most common kind of stuff you're going to find is two and three quarter inch double out buck. Um, and that is a very proven round for hunting, for defense, for everything. But the longer the case, the more payload you could fit in there. So the more recoil you're going to have. So it's a, it's a give and take with a shotgun. You know, people might think, "Oh, I want 3-inch magnums for my home defense." You're going to you're going to fucking like what what's the point? You want to be able to effectively use the firearm, not issue one blast and then your shoulder's fucking killing you or you miss and then you have to, "Oh shit, I got to shoot this thing again." <laughs> it gets to be a bit, you know, daunting. So right. you also have reduced recoil loads, which are basically the same amount of payload but with less powder charge behind it. So you're only reducing the velocity slightly, which 
to your shoulder translates to less recoil, but the loss in velocity is very minimal compared to your effectiveness to shoot the firearm. Your effectiveness to shoot the firearm will go up if you experience less recoil while delivering the same payload. Um, so like I said, with a shotgun, think of it as a sliding scale. Um, you know, the deliverance of mass versus the penetration. So like I said, somewhere in the middle, and slugs are very important in a shotgun world too because some people want slugs for home defense. Mm -hmm. They just want to aim it and shoot at somebody, and if they have acres and acres of property, they don't give a fuck. They just want a big hole in somebody. Now, <clears throat> I, uh, I've i heard of people loading their shotgun in different types. So they'll like the first round will be you know, birdshot. The second round will be a slug. The third round will be buckshot. The third round, or the fourth round will be only, a slug. I think that's only applicable in a highly specific law enforcement scenario. For example, you, um, you're you with a team of people and you have to breach a door to serve a warrant. The first guy might blow the door off with a slug, sure. but then he's, he's not going to be the first guy in. He's probably going to be the last guy in. So he can have a slug loaded up in the chamber first and then behind him buckshot for mm. up close and personal gotcha. work. For the home defense scenario, I don't think that's a good idea because it's it's not predictable. You don't know that birdshot right. load is going to shoot differently than a buckshot load. Of course. Your point of aim is going to be different. When you when you have something as serious as a home defense firearm or a personal defense firearm, you need consistency. You need to know <clears throat> what that's going to feel like, where those bullets are going to go. So that way, if you're under stress, your adrenaline's pumping, you can't see right, you're tired, you know, you know that, okay, at least if I shoot this, if I point it where it I need to aim it, it's going to go there. Not worrying about, oh shit, I grabbed the wrong ammunition or I only have this gun set up for hollow points. Where's my magazine with hollow points? I can't find it. You know, it, it, it consistency is key when it comes to training. And I, like I said in a previous episode, I'm not, I, I don't do a lot of training. I don't, I have never formally attended a training course, but when I go to shoot at the range, let's just say like when I practice, I bring the ammo that I'm going to use for my defense scenarios. You know, the same type of, Double op buck for my shotguns. Same type of AR rounds. Same type of AK rounds. So um, consistency is key when it comes to that. All right. So what is your what's your overall pick for like a shotgun a shotgun round? I mean, honestly, for me, uh, for my personal, any buckshot round is perfect because if you think about it, there's different thirty caliber or slightly below thirty caliber balls coming out and shooting at somebody. Right. So you know. Like a nine millimeter is a thirty-five caliber, I believe, or a thirty-eight caliber, one of the other thirty-five, something like that. Um, don't quote me on that. But you know, so you have, let's just say, like six or eight shots of that coming out, and your chances of hitting somebody mm. and that and those buckshot, those balls penetrating is yeah. gonna be greater. Okay. Um also, you know, the the power factor behind a shotgun, it's a very powerful round. It's more powerful than a handgun, but with that also comes more recoil, more mm -hmm. recoil management. Um, and more concussion coming from the end of the, the muzzle when you shoot. Okay. So for me personally, I load up Double Op Buck. Really, the brand doesn't necessarily matter. No, uh, I don't think brand I have to run it in my gun before. Right, you want to be familiar with how a certain uh, brand of ammunition functions in your firearm. Right. That's with anything. Also, there's uh, mini shells out right now, the Aguila mini shells. It's been out for a while. People love them. You could increase the capacity in your guns. That's another thing, too, with a shotgun. Yeah. It's a give and take. The tube. If you want, yeah, if you want more capacity, you might have to go with a shorter round, like a two and yeah. three quarter versus right. a three inch or a mini shell if your gun right. can feed it. And then That's even then, cool. yeah, it is. And even then you have to make sure the mini shells uh, reliably feed in your gun. Yeah. So 
Uh, for me, two and three quarter double lot buck. That's my standard. Um, I years and years ago, I bought a crap load of this stuff from Walmart. It was um, imported um, European. Um, I forget what it was Suprema. It was like from like Spain. It was imported sure. by Wolf. Sure. I mean, I've shot hundreds of rounds of that shit at the range, and I mean, it fucking works. And it's right. really good. It performs well. So that's what I use at home. I still have a bunch of it. So that's what I keep loaded up nice. on my gun. All right. So um, wrapping it all up, handguns. Yeah. <clears throat> You want to probably go with like 115 grain hollow point. Well, for nine in, millimeter, in nine millimeter, right? right. Um, um, heavier hollow points also work as well. But just you know, do some research. Maybe I mean, I there was a study done years ago by LuckyGunner.com. They did a, a huge ballistic comparison test amongst all these different self defense hand loads, uh, hand loads, handgun loads. It's different rounds, different weights, different types. Um, check them out. They were a really good resource for that. Also, just because somebody shoots ballistic gel, this is a common misconception I want to address. Ballistics gel is kind of like when people when you see them shoot it on YouTube, it's 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 a good indicator of what a round might do. But when the FBI and when the government tests it, there's very strict um, protocols that have to be met with that gel. It has to be a certain temperature. It has to be basically they they try to simulate it to the human body as much as possible. So some guy out in a field is shooting ballistics gel. It's not in the proper setup that let's just say the FBI would test or a government would test it. But it's a good indicator in slow mo of a cavitation that might happen. Um, but just take that into account, right? Or if somebody shoots a watermelon, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna, just more for the right, show factor, right. no matter yeah, really what not, you shoot. It's a with cool it. visual. It is. So I think my pick is going to be the for nine is going to be nine millimeter. Use the, point, the gold dot, the spear gold dot. Is that yes. what you use? Yeah, yes. that's probably one of the, the. I think we use like plus p. Yeah, well, plus p. Your, your gun also has to be rated for plus p yeah. too. Yeah. And uh, let's just say in a revolver, a lot of older revolvers not by, might not be rated for plus right. p. So right. check your firearm, check out if it is rated. And also, buy. Don't just go to the, the range and shoot one box of self defense ammo and say, "Oh, it's good enough." You have to shoot like maybe a hundred, a couple of hundred rounds. I mean, I've personally shot at this point. It has to be thousands of yeah. rounds of this through my firearm. I know it functions, and I've also fired thousands of rounds <laughs> of, you know, my my regular target, you know, right. plinkin ammo. Yeah. So I know both of those ammunitions function properly. Right. So yeah, it's very important. Obviously, very you know, important. But but don't buy your you very expensive self defense ammo, like and then never shoot thousands it. of rounds of it. No, I'm saying like don't buy like thousands of rounds of it and shoot that. I mean, unless you have the money to waste. Yeah, especially nowadays, right. fucking whew, right? Buy. Those hollow points are like almost a dollar fifty a shot yeah. somewhere right now. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So buy buy your self defense round, and this goes for pretty much anything. But go, you know, buy your self defense round enough to where you get an accurate picture of how your firearm is going to function with it. Right. And then buy your target practice ammo. And buy enough of that to where you know what how your gun is going to function with it, and also and try compare, and get something kind of this similar. I would say just so yeah. you, know, you know. I would also compare if your gun shoots differently with different kinds of ammo. For example, if you, John and your Glock, if it if the point of impact, point of aim, point of impact is different with hollow points versus ball rounds, you could practice with ball. Okay, I know I'm going to be low in three inches to the right with ball as opposed to hollow points. So if you practice, you don't want to adjust your sights because you're mainly going to carry hollow points. So I would definitely say take note of that difference so that way you can know, okay, I know that if I practice, it's going to be slightly different, but I'm still on target, and um, it'll all work out fine. But <laughs> it's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of it's going to take time, it's going to take some money, and but that way you know for certain that you're going to be effective with that firearm if you ever need to use it. So um, there's a lot there's a lot to consider, but that's, that's my right. thoughts on that. Um and then moving to 
your rifle ammo. Right. So, so what's like what's your pick for honestly for an AR, generally fifty five grain, um any kind of fifty five grain brass cased. Um, you know, tool ammo people use it and, and any gun should be able to run steel case, any AR should be able to run steel case. Um the the rate of expansion of the case and the chamber is a little different. You get some blowback uh, over the chamber, some dirt in the chamber with steel, but generally any brass cased, um, 55 grain or 62 grain, generally whatever you can get your hands on kind of, um, it's going to do the job. And honestly, if you have to shoot somebody within a hundred yards with, let's just say an AR a rifle, it's going to be effective really no matter what, what weight the bullet is. And, and you know, it, it's going to be effective. So that's what I use personally. Again, I'm not an expert. I am not a trained professional, but this is something that I just I feel is the most effective for me and my needs. And like I said, in a pandemic where all you might be able to get is regular 55 grain, well, that's what you got to train with, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, you already said, but just yeah, to cover shotgun, it again, the shotguns definitely uh, buckshot or slug, depending on your defensive needs. Mm-hmm. I will not I will not rule out a slug entirely, right. but just remember you're going to have the most carrying energy with a solid projectile like a slug it's going to go through maybe a couple of walls yeah so that's why i think buckshot is the best because it's in the it's a middle compromise between effectiveness and um carrying energy you know dumping that energy into a person or an object i mean you're gonna put a you're gonna put a huge hole in somebody yeah with a and generally like (laughs) i said for my needs um i think the longest part of my house is maybe like it's ten yards, not not even like from the, your bedroom to the wall. Yeah, maybe, maybe ten yards. It's it's ten like thirty feet. No, from like um, the, yeah, yeah, it's probably thirty feet. Yeah. I mean, but even then, yeah, where the person feet. I'm going to encounter it's is going to be probably, less than that. It's probably not even thirty yeah. feet, dude. Because where where the person I would counter coming down the stairs, it'd be less than that. Yeah, probably so, half. Yeah, probably fifteen so, feet. At any point, you know, maximum. 15. That's just my situation. Right. Everybody's situation right, right, is different, right. but again. Right. Get a firearm tailored to your specific needs. If you think you're going to be John Wick and stuff out there and running down bad guys, well, then get the gun for that. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're doing that, just be prepared for the ramifications. Yes, which we don't, you know, we don't endorse. But and some people honestly, they they think that if they just get a firearm, that's a safety blanket. It's really not. You know, you got to be able to know. Okay, how am I going to use this? Can it's, I use it under stress? It's very common to hear people say, you know. I don't want to shoot somebody. I just want to be able to pull the gun out and, and scare them. No, dude, that's not the way it that works. That is the wrong mentality. That brother. may that may be the may be the effect of what happens in right. at, at a time. So where you don't, but have to you shoot need to be prepared to have that not be right. effective, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, now I have to pull the right. trigger. I mean, listen, we talked to Lisa. Yeah, from um, she trains you from Long she Island trains you right. Firearms club. Um, she was saying that she she. Well, spoke to people that like didn't e- don't even load their magazines. So Jesus like in their Christ. in their mind, they're saying, "Oh, if I hear a bump in the night, I'm gonna load my magazine, find the box of ammo, find my magazine, load right. the magazine, put the you know the magazine into the gun and and rack it." Like that takes a long, long yeah, fucking time. Long time. So that's not practical, especially under stress. It's not practical at all. And it, it, yeah, not and not only under stress, but in the dark, perhaps. in the dark. And you know, with sleep inertia, you're yeah. you're in trouble. I've luckily don't, never don't been, live that life. I've never been in that situation, luckily, and I hope I never have to be. Yeah, but of course. Making things easier for you set yourself up for success. Loading your firearm should be the last thing you're thinking about in a situation where you hear somebody walking down your hallway right. after you just hear glass break in your house. You yeah, know what I'm saying? For like, sure. it's gotta that's be ready fucking to go. scary. 
So just be prepared. And also, those one are thing, kind of our picks. Aside from the ammunition that I wanted to touch on real quick, get a good quality firearm. If you're putting your life into something, like I wouldn't say don't cheap out, but get something that you know is going to be good and effective. Yeah. Obviously, I was saying high points earlier. It's like, yeah, a high point will work. It'll go bang. Might not be the most accurate thing, but if that's all you got, $200, if that's all you can swing, that's yeah. the best you can get. Get the yeah. best you can get. It doesn't necessarily mean spend a shitload of money. Right. The best you can get might be a $600 AR. And if that gun yeah. works and it's effective, then that's I mean, the best you can get. Glocks are 600 bucks. Yeah. I mean, they're if, going if, up in price now. Well, but, yeah, but you know, if you, you have... You can pick up a used one cheap, you know? Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, there's plenty of plenty of ways to get... Um, what are they like? Police department recycled yeah, ones, basically. Yeah, forty caliber trade in right. stuff so, like that. Yeah, things and, like that. I mean, there's ways to get firearms that aren't you know brand new out of the box and a lot of money. And I joke around, you know, saying that the Mosin will be my home defense, but let's be realistic here. Let's have some realistic expectations yeah. of what a good defensive firearm will be. I mean, it defended uh, Stalingrad, yeah, Leningrad, but like, let's be a little realistic here. Uh, modern semi-automatic or uh, pump-action shotgun. Semi-automatic shotguns are very reliable as well, but. Um, you know, like I said, for me, it's just um, one of those things where I want to. I don't want that unknown in a shotgun. Some shotgun, um, you know, they're inertia driven or they're gas driven. Um, I love semi-automatic yeah, shotguns. They're man. amazing. They're so much fun. Yeah. But again, you know, in my ultimate, de- in my ultimate decision of a defensive firearm, I want to make sure that I can manipulate that gun, that I know it's going to work, that it's going to load around. Yeah. Well, it comes down to semi-automatic versus you know manual, right. basically. Right. And, and 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 it's the same thing with with uh, handguns. You know, yes. it's it's going to be a semi-automatic versus a revolver. Yes. Revolver is always it's a hundred percent always going to be um, a more reliable option it's always going to be a more reliable option right just is so the same same thing with with shotguns in that in that respect right so if you are confused about bullet types bullet weights different compositions different calibers i mean the internet is an amazing and wonderful place to Mm -hmm. learn anything yeah go on look at some forums look at uh, look at tests that have been done um well you know we really didn't talk about that i think we'll do a different um this I just man I just I just remembered this. We had a really cool conversation, or I guess I did on the Instagram with um our like I think our one and only UK. Oh yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. Shout out, what's yeah. up UK? Yeah. So um he he sent me a message. If if you're listening to this, I didn't I don't I didn't forget you. I know your message is there because he had we were going back and forth, but then I had to go to work and yeah. I got all sorts of fucked up with my hours. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna actually write him back when we're done with this with this episode because he had like two messages sitting in there for like a couple of days. I feel bad, but yeah, um, the time we, difference we, doesn't help. Also, yeah. So we had a we had a really cool conversation yeah. about like some of their laws and like you know rimfire. Oh yeah. What I didn't know is that in you know we all know that they have like gun bans and, and shit like that, but um, rimfires are like carved out as an exception. Yeah. So a lot of people do have ARs in rimfire, but they're like in rimfire 22, you know, yeah, also which is very, it's very interesting. The handguns you know? over there, they also have longer barrels and they have like an arm thing that come out the back. If you ever see a UK 1911, yeah. like a new one. Yeah. Cause it has to be a certain length in order for it not to be a handgun. So they just put like <laughs> yeah. this, like it's almost like an arm brace yeah. for a target, but yeah, and the, yeah, with a super yeah. long barrel, it's wow. really fucking weird. You could take a look at you it. You could look it up. Yeah. Well, um, so we're going to definitely do an episode on that. He, he gave me a couple suggestions. Oh, I think he said like a desert Island guns, which I yeah. think is really fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't think of that. Holy shit. Damn. I guess he, he might be smarter than us. <laughs> of course he's English. Anything an English guy says is smarter than us. Dumb yanks. Shout out. So that was a, uh, that was really cool. We're definitely going to do that. He, he suggested one more thing. I forgot what it was, but we'll, we're going to do a show on that. I yeah. love the desert Island gun yeah. option, but, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to do another episode on that. 
But as far as as far as today is concerned, I think I think we've covered everything. Yeah, pretty um, much. You know, we, this is just a general overview. Yeah. My personal opinions, John's personal opinions. Again, everybody, your situation is different than everybody else. Really think about what you need, what you want to get out of it. Do some research, get the best thing you can afford, and go out and practice. I know sure. getting to the range nowadays is a pain in the ass. Ammo is expensive, but honestly, I'd rather spend you know some money just to make sure. Okay, I know my gun's going to work, rather than I just bought this gun and this ammo, and I don't know if it's going to work. Right. So definitely, uh, you know, do your homework, guys. Yeah. And I and just gals. checked. I just checked our favorite website to buy ammunition on again, and still there is oh no my god, there's none. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. So yeah. All right, guys. That's all we got for you today. Um, we are uh, the New York Gun Guys, if you don't already know. Uh, check us out Facebook, Instagram, it's NY Gun Guys. It's all one word. Um, uh, for the podcast, check us out um, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. If you're boycotting, check us out on the Podbean, Spotify, things like that. Yeah, um, and that's I think that's pretty much it. Taylor, yeah. you got anything else to add? No, that's it. Um, guys, stay safe out there. Um, you know, especially with the new, um, you know president that's in office now and with everything that's coming down the pipeline like he, hasn't all these done, new laws. he hasn't done anything too crazy yet um he's done some crazy shit bro mm, well not in, not, not in firearms regard, right, wise not, but right it's coming bro just wait just I'm wait do, i'm gonna do a little episode on like some of his um policies if, well and, just on like those executive orders that he signed yeah, like sure. he pretty much killed like what everything like, like fifty thousand jobs in his first like yeah, day yeah that's crazy and you know you're gonna see your gas prices go up oh nowadays. yeah but i also saw a video someone was like he can't i saw like somebody like working on the pipeline yeah and they were like he signed the order but we're still going like i was like oh fuck shit. yeah <laughs> so hey, like, man. that's 100 percent gonna get challenged you yeah. know there's no so canada's know. already challenging because yeah. they already got the infrastructure set up on their end right it, and right. they're like right. hey you guys are pulling out of this we already got everything on our end like <laughs> right. what the fuck right, <laughs> right. He's so, gave, gave him the, the pipeline blue balls. You know it, what I mean? It's 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 all <laughs> political theater. It is. It, you know, it so. is. so everyone, uh, just stay safe out there. Keep your head down. Um, just you know, do the right thing. That's what we said. All right. Enjoy the day, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.